This is the Church Planting Podcast, brought to you by the Broadcast Network. Broadcast exists to support, train and encourage church planters. For more information about who we are or about the training that we offer, please visit our website at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. Welcome to episode 195 of the Broadcast Podcast. This week we're continuing with a new series of Margins to Mic from Unreached Network. In this episode, we're in South Africa, hearing from Angela Kem, speaking about the leading of the Holy Spirit and ministry to the poor. When I see across the atlas, my heart bleeds on this canvas So we map the plan out to bring healing for this cancer Tunnel vision focus, seeing the broken and the hopeless There's healing in this music, cause God spoke, we wrote this My name is Angela Kemp And I'm from Cape Town, South Africa Where I worked in areas that were set apart by the apartheid government For people who were black or known as non-white or non-European as people were termed in those times. This was during the height of apartheid that I was in what was called our townships in South Africa, when so-called white people were not allowed in the areas that were set apart for so-called black or uh, people of color in that time. It was dangerous, it was scary, um, I even never knew whether I would be killed that day or land in the dreaded detention without trial scenario. Because in those days, the security police would come and take you and put you in prison and not let your family know where you are. Uh, nobody would have news about you. Uh, you would eventually just disappear, really. And uh, I had such a fear of this because I have three daughters and they were quite young at the time and I never knew if there would be anybody to fetch them from school and so on. But you see, the whole thing was I didn't want to be involved in cross-cultural ministry or mission or anything like that. But the Holy Spirit brought it my way. He compelled me, opened my eyes to see what was going on And so I got involved in um, really fighting apartheid at that time. You know, there's no way that one can get involved in mission without the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit who prompted me, who spoke to me, guided me. Um, It was difficult, intricate work. I couldn't do it in my own strength and we can't do this in our own strength. If we do mission in our own strength, we will burn out or we'll get disappointed, disillusioned. The spiritual warfare is so high that we need to be in touch with the Holy Spirit moment by moment, asking him what to do next, um, where to go, where to put our feet. And so God used to wake me up in the night and speak to me and say, now tomorrow, do this and do that. Because I had no idea what I was doing. Um, 
I wasn't cross-culturally trained or aware. We were uh, so brainwashed really as white people that we had no idea what the government was doing. It was all out there and you actually had to go out there to see what was happening. So I was unskilled and needing to be trained by the Holy Spirit and the people who I was serving really, um, people who made friends with me, who accepted me, whereas actually I was the white oppressor. But I was so accepted and loved and protected and looked after. But I found that people were in need not only for the fighting of apartheid, which I got involved in in a huge way, uh, standing against the government um, and doing whatever I could to be involved. But also people had been put in situations where they were living in the most desperate poverty. They were living in uh, uh, corrugated iron shacks. People were hungry. There was no uh, uh, jobs for people. Uh, schooling, unless you had your full school uniform and uh, a pencil, a rubber and so on. Schooling was difficult. You had to pay school fees. And unless you had the school fees, you just couldn't go to school. Um, the doctors, um, there was no net for doctoring. If you didn't have money, you couldn't go to the doctor. And so I had to learn to rely on the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and expect God to come through for me. He put me with people. Therefore, I would expected him to come through for me in serving his people. And so I had to uh, uh, be involved in laying hands on the sick to see them healed, um, in how to, uh, you know, you we don't have all the money, the finance or whatever to get involved on mission um, in our own strength. And therefore, even feeding a community is up to the Lord. It's his people. He does the feeding. But it's that trust in the power of the Holy Spirit for uh, for all these provisions as one gets involved. I remember the time taking a tin of sandwiches in just to one of my friend's um, houses. I never realized that word had got out that I was there with a tin of sandwiches and people are hungry and when people are hungry they come when there's food around they will come and I had made enough for the family that I was going to visit but when I looked again people streamed from all over and not just twenties but hundreds from all over people came for this small tin of sandwiches and I remember starting to hand out one sandwich after the other to people. And I saw these hands appearing for their sandwich. And about an hour later, when I gave out the last sandwich, it only dawned on me then that God had done the most amazing thing with a tin of sandwiches that fed uh, every single hand that was put out to me. Everyone got their sandwich. And it's things, it just happened. 
I didn't think, here's a miracle. Look what God is doing. It, you, one is on a, on a roll and the Holy Spirit's at work and you forget um, uh, that this is miraculous. This is normal. And you see, for, for us as Christians, this is actually normal life that should be offered wherever and an expectation that God will come through for us no matter where we mission, no matter where he sends us. He is enough to provide for everything. In the process, he definitely puts us through our learning uh, curves. He doesn't make it easy because he's training our arm for battle, as it says in Psalm 18. My God trains my arm for battle. And so it's a matter of praying and pushing through and trusting and reading the Bible. Oh, I read the Bible and I, if, if, if I read something in the Bible, I took it seriously and held God to it and said, now, this is what I want to see today, Lord. This is your people. And um, one day, a, a community of people that I was working with um, came and challenged me, really. And they said, if your God is as big as what you say he is, ask him to give us each a brick house. And you see the people um, uh, where I was serving in community and all my friends lived in these corrugated iron shacks with uh, no running water, just a few taps around the area, bucket system toilets, outside so if you left your little house to go to the toilet the whole community knew that you were going it it's just a robber of dignity it's a robber of who we are in god whether we know jesus or not it, it robs people of dignity um, and um, god restores dignity jesus came and he restored dignity and so I had seen God do so much for people. I had seen him come through for me so much that I said to the people, um, my God can give you houses. He cares for people in crisis. Let's see what he will do. And as only as I drove away, I thought, wow, what have I done? One doesn't make false promises to people. Don't promise what you can't do. And don't make promises from God that you aren't 100% certain is from him at all. But I said to the Lord, please, even if I've got this wrong, please rescue me. Please rescue me. It's for your people and it's your name, Lord. It's your name. And I entered a period of uh, so difficult. I'm not a project person. And I had to get involved in things that I knew nothing about, about how to move people from um, what is called shacks into brick houses. And the one thing that God said to me is, um, don't fundraise, which I was very glad about because I have no idea how to fundraise. For me, if God has given me something to do, he will provide he must provide because he provides for everything that he initiates. And so my eyes were really on him. And it's a long story, which I can't, haven't got the time to go into. But he did it. He really did it. 
it uh, about three years later it took a while it took praying it took calling on god it took a, me asking a community pray with me it it took going into a community and them asking so angela where's my house where's my house you learn how to become small in your own eyes because wow i couldn't do this i couldn't do this this was god and um, he would wake me up in the night and say go and do this go to this attorney go to that um, and eventually we had a committee in place the housing committee and i was very privileged to be the um the white person uh, on a, a, a commune you know a team of of black people in those times what a i mean what a privilege only the holy spirit could open doors like this for me um the holy spirit is wonderful and if we don't serve people in his power we're selling we're selling people short from all that god has given given us and it's a long story but eventually money started coming in and we built the first house and it had running water inside and electricity inside and brick walls and we marveled at what god had done because we all knew whether people were christians or not they knew that god had done something it certainly was not about me or even the housing committee it was about him and it was a community of 650 families and if i take you to cape town now uh, there are the houses not only 650 houses but houses they just kept on coming they just god had opened a floodgate of housing for people in crisis which gave people such dignity and you know when you see god do things like this the impossible things because um this community were the first community in the history of our western cape area where people were moved from shacks into brick houses really fighting for themselves with no handouts no begging it was um it was god it was miraculous and in the power of the holy spirit for me i also got involved with the team um from the community of uh, going to parliament addressing people uh, going to sit-ins in government buildings really pushing through saying father what do i do what do i do because the gospel is the uttermost thing for me and i wanted to see people really get to know God and I did I pioneered church plants um, I really saw God save people and help them deliver miracle upon miracle which I took for granted because well I, well I just do because this is normal Christian life we are filled with the Holy Spirit the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me and lives in you if you are a follower of jesus and so my expectation of him is so big but it's not all about uh, people being saved it, well it is about that but once they saved you know 
the father cares for the whole person. It is to see, have they got food? Have they got somewhere to live? What is schooling like? Um, you know, are there people against them? Is there injustice? We give a full package deal to people uh, who we are serving when we're on mission. And this could be anywhere because I'm now based with City Church Cambridge in the United Kingdom. And I'm now serving unreached people in the West, as well as still keeping my contacts all over the world, really. And so wherever we go and wherever I go, it is to serve people with everything that I have with him who lives inside me. Just the power of the Holy Spirit for mission is so big, no matter where we live, no matter who we are. It's not about special people. It is about us. It's about us knowing who we are in God and how he just fills us with this power to go and preach the gospel and to see people connected with him, but then also not to stop there, but to see that the care is given, to disciple well, to say, come with me, come along with me, and uh, to walk them through the things that we read in the Bible. We read and we do. We are not only hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And in that way, we change communities we bring the life of the Spirit wherever we go, wherever God has commissioned us to be. The fullness of the Spirit awaits us there to help people. So I'm a very privileged person uh, today, speaking to you today. And I want to really honour God, honour Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And I want to thank you, Holy Spirit, for being with me, for empowering me. And Father, I want to ask that whoever watches this video or listens to my words, that you will fill them to overflowing, that you will make them brave and courageous, that you will do the impossible for them, that they will step today even further in faith, that they will go higher in faith, that they will read your word, Lord, and take you at your word and step out like Jonathan and the, his armor bearer, just to see what you will do, to step out, not to be silly, not to be arrogant, not to be take chances that are ridiculous, um, but to know deep down that your love for us and your care, and to step out and say, maybe he'll come, maybe he will do it. And Lord, I know you are so attracted to faith. So, Lord, will you come with power and do for each one, wherever they are serving, the very things you've planned for them. Make us a brave and courageous people. In Jesus' name. Amen. That's why we're here. That's why we're here.